This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 26th of October. In your Squeeze today, running out of men in Japanese royalty. A coup in Sudan. The deals done to reach a climate agreement. And one for the foodies. This is your Squeeze today. Starting today with a slightly outside of the lines one, Claire, we did a squeeze shortcut on this last week, so plenty of squeezes will be well versed with what's going on in the Japanese imperial family, the Japanese royals. But for those who aren't, there's a royal wedding today. The emperor's niece, Princess Meiko, will marry her commoner boyfriend, Kai Kamuro. There'll be no fanfare, there'll be no big ceremony, but rather farewells. And that's because when a female member of the royal family in Japan marries, they get shown the door. Yeah, only men can inherit the throne in Japan and imperial women are out of the family when they marry a commoner. Uh, It's become a really pressing issue for the family because there are currently only 18 members of the imperial family. Just seven of those are aged under 40 years old and only one is male. So what Princess Mako's wedding has done is put this firmly in the spotlight. There's lots of concern that they're running out of heirs and there's a conversation about the requirement for women to leave the imperial family when they could stay inside the tent and have sons to add to that air pool. Uh, Also, there's support in some quarters for women to become a ruling empress. So as you say, there's a bit of a bloke shortage in the imperial family. This wedding in particular has been a huge public issue in Japan, not just for that reason. There's lots of differing opinions about the marriage itself. Yeah, there sure is. Since they announced their intention to marry in 2017, they really have gone through the ringer. That's mostly because Komoro's mother was said to have owed a former partner money, so the family were portrayed as gold diggers. Uh, That whole saga has left Princess Mako with post-traumatic stress disorder, the palace said. Uh, The couple haven't seen each other for three years and they reunited earlier this month to get married and here we go today. Yeah, they've been apart because Kimura has been living in New York and studying to be a lawyer. The plan now is for the couple to relocate to the US permanently after their marriage. As I said, we've got a squeeze shortcut. If this has piqued your interest, jump in and have a listen to that. To Sudan now, we're back in August 2019. Their president, Omar al-Bashir, was ousted by the military and since then, they and civilian leaders have been sharing power. They've had a transitional government in place, but now the military has taken over, Claire. The political leaders of the country have been arrested and a state of emergency has been declared. Yeah, what the military says is that political infighting is behind its decision to dissolve civilian rule. Uh, It's a bit difficult getting information out of Sudan at the moment. There have been protests that have erupted in several cities uh, and the internet has been taken down. So uh, what will unfold over this week, uh, we'll have to wait and see, but certainly plenty have expressed their concern. Yeah, looking at the images coming out of Sudan, doesn't look good. Reports coming out of the capital say troops have been deployed, the airport is closed and international flights are suspended. We talked about it yesterday. The Nationals have agreed to that climate target of net zero emissions by 2050. 
The big question is what did the Nationals demand from the Liberals in exchange for their support? Claire, we now know a bit more about the terms of that deal. Yeah, Prime Minister Scott Morrison is set to announce it all today, but certainly there's a fair bit in the media this morning. Uh, We already knew that Resources Minister and Queenslander Keith Pitt is to be elevated to Cabinet. That was revealed yesterday. Uh, But when it comes to the actual policy, uh, what reports this morning say is there's going to be incentives for heavy manufacturers to lower emissions and also investments in green technology. We're talking about things like the development of hydrogen, also carbon capture and storage technologies. That's part of the technology roadmap that the government talks about quite a bit as being a main factor in bringing emissions down. It's all a bit interesting watching this unfold, especially as by all accounts, the leader of the Nationals, Barnaby Joyce, doesn't agree with his party room on the net zero target, but he says he's happy to accept the will of the majority of his colleagues. This one's going to be around all the way through until an election, Claire bit of telco news now as Telstra and the federal government join up to buy and operate the largest mobile phone carrier in the Pacific region. Those in the know say this is a very strategic move. It sure is because China was interested in buying Digicel Pacific. It is a mobile carrier that operates across the Pacific region. We're talking about Papua New Guinea, Fiji, Samoa, uh, Vanuatu and Tahiti. Uh, It also uses the cables, the undersea cables that Australia helped build. So there's a whole lot at stake here and that's why the government has stumped up $1.9 billion to to acquire Digicel Pacific, Telstra will stump up $360 million, but it will actually get 100% ownership of the company and will need to operate it. Yeah, that buyout, that deal is expected to be completed within the next six months. Facebook, as many know, is the subject of a lot of controversy these days. Gone are the the innocent days of cute birthday posts. The company is now grappling with accusations of political bias, fanning violence, spreading misinformation, to name a few things. The latest is a report by the Wall Street Journal that Facebook chose to keep Breitbart, which is a right-wing news site on its news tab, despite employees pushing for it to be removed. And that was after concerns, Claire, it was giving hyper-partisan coverage of events like the George Floyd protests. And there's also reports that Facebook didn't set up effective safety protocols in India and that allowed for the fueling of political tensions uh, there, which is its biggest market. So this is all part of those documents that were leaked by Frances Hagen. She was the former employee who appeared before Congress a couple of weeks back to talk about the issues within Facebook and how that it was a very dangerous operator uh, for society. When you look across the international media overnight, there are plenty of headlines talking about the real threat that this is to Facebook. Yeah, all of this is happening as the US Congress looks into the company. Facebook employees have been warned to brace for more disclosures. All right, changing pace now and foodies, listen up. Gourmet Traveller has named its 80 most exciting and exceptional dining experiences for 2022. So looking ahead, the list makes a point of saying they are all amazing and they aren't ranked, 
but there was a standout. Yeah, there was. Top of the list is Tedesca Osteria. That's in Red Hill in Victoria, which is on the Mornington Peninsula. It is hyper local. What they do is they grow a lot of their own ingredients and then they source from other producers in their immediate area. Apparently it's part of a very big push at the moment for these really standout restaurants to be sourcing very, very local. I don't know about you, Kate, but just getting to a restaurant for a long lunch seems very enticing at the moment. Oh. I'll go anywhere. I don't care. (laughs) I'll make sure I put a link to the full list of restaurants in your episode notes. It has all the states and territories covered. So wherever you are, you can get a bookie. Squeeze the day, Claire. For me, it's the anniversary of the last natural case of smallpox being discovered. That was in 1977. Three years later, the disease was declared eradicated by the World Health Organization. And it's actually the only virus to ever be fully eradicated. There you go. Jeez, about a week ago you gave me a chip for being very random. I think that's very random, but it's a very good one. <laughs> yeah, it is random, but very topical these days. <laughs> Indeed, it sure <laughs> is. Uh, for me, it's the start of ASEAN. Uh, it's going to be a big focus for the region. Of course, Myanmar is very much in focus still, so they'll be talking through those things. ASEAN is the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. So many summits this time of year, Claire. We've got G20 coming coming up over the weekend that Australia is part of. So we've done a squeeze shortcut on all of these big summits, what they mean and how Australia is involved. That will drop on Thursday. Look out for that one. That's all from us on this Tuesday. Enjoy your day and we'll be back tomorrow. message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer.